You're listening to Trail Correspondence presented by The Trek, a media company dedicated to long-distance backpacking. Get even more at thetrek.co. Hello and welcome back to Trail Correspondence. This is the final episode of Season 4, an interview with your former self. Traditionally, this episode is formatted such that we pan back and forth between the present and the past as the correspondents ask and answer questions they've posed to themselves prior to leaving for their journeys. However, as I started to dig into putting this episode together, I was struck by the stark difference in tone between these two chronologically distant clips. So. I made a unilateral editorial decision to mostly change the format of this episode in order to preserve its potency. Rather than split each question up with its associated answer, I've elected to present both in their entirety so that you as the listener can really hear the doubt, uncertainty, and honestly fear of the unknown give way to courage, confidence, and acquired knowledge. You'll hear the original clip from early spring 2023, and then you'll hear this bell, which will indicate a time warp to the present. So. For the most part, I've abandoned tradition. If you'll grant me one final indulgence, I present to you now our concluding episode. Let's get into it one more time. Hello, Abby from the future. This is currently Abby from the past. It's uh, currently the middle of February, the Monday the 20th to be precise. Um, and I'm wondering how it was. How did the hike go? <laughs> were, the, were the people that you met along the way as kind and wonderful and loving and generous as you hope they will be? Was the terrain, the scenery as beautiful as you hoped and expected and know it will be let me know the uh the big question i'm wondering right now is as to whether you went through the sierra is in straight from the desert did you go straight through because at the moment the snowpack is still really high and it's certainly going to be a big snow year um <clears throat> but i'm wondering whether a you even got there which i really bloody hope you did and b was it safe to pass through did you go through because right now one of the things i'm most excited about is retracing my steps on the john muir trail and filling in the little gap that i that i missed and had to skip in the sum last summer um i mean obviously if i can't if we didn't go through then that's fine too safety is the most important thing and i don't want to take silly risks for the sake of saying i had a continuous footpath that really doesn't matter to me um but i have been dreaming a lot uh, about getting to the top of Cottonwood Pass and getting back to, on the trail where I first stepped onto the PCT last summer, where I literally jumped onto the trail and seeing that same sign and that first trail marker again. I mean, that is, that's very exciting to me. Um, right now, I'm also hoping that I had the mental resilience to stick it out for five months. Um, my friend keeps reminding me that it's, it's going to suck and it's going to be awful. Um, and I'm having him remind me that I chose to do this and I've made sacrifices for this because it's something I've wanted to do for so long. Um, so did we make it to the end? 
I know it's about the journey, obviously, but Canada is a big goal. Um, I'm traveling halfway across the world for this and I'd really like to be able to come home and say that I set out, you know, I did what I set out to do. Um, it might be mildly embarrassing if I don't. Um, and I hope your opinion on the goodness of humanity has grown. I'm fairly optimistic now and I know that on previous trips, you know, I was shocked at the generosity received in just a few weeks. Um, I've never had anything like that, but hopefully it was, it was great. Hopefully it was everything you wanted it to be. Hopefully you didn't suffer from altitude sickness. That's a big worry at the moment too. Um, but if you did, that was fine. <laughs> I hope it was fine. Um, and if it wasn't everything you wanted it to be, that's fine too. It was still an experience, an adventure, and that's, that's what matters. So be careful. I hope you were careful. <laughs> I guess we'll know. <laughs> Hopefully there was no injuries. Um, and yeah, I, I hope you loved it. Let me know. Good evening. Abby here, second pudding on trail, although I've now been off trail for two months, so it feels almost a little alien to refer to myself by my trail name. Um, it's very exciting. Today we are doing the interview with our future selves. So I have written in front of me the questions that I that I asked myself, which was so fun to hear my little voice from like what seven months ago, however long it was that I recorded that. Um, so my first question was, how did the hike go? <laughs> um, it was wonderful. It was so much fun. Obviously it had uh, lots of low moments too, but overall it was a very positive experience and one that I feel very fondly of and something I would definitely do again, which is a good outcome. Um, I then asked whether the people were kind and generous, which in retrospect, I'm like, oh my God, why was I ever thinking that they wouldn't be? Like people were incredibly kind and incredibly generous. Um, in particular, I was hosted by a couple of trail angels and their family when I was injured and they were phenomenal. Um, one in Ashland and one in Cascade Locks. Um, both of these families refused to let me pay for anything. They fed me multiple meals a day. They drove me around. They bought me pie. <laughs> they bought me ice cream. And there was just such amazing generosity. And as well with people on the trail and other hikers, I mean, I was, everyone helped, helped me out. We helped each other out when you needed to. Um, I ran out of gas one day and like day hikers would take pity on, on me and on us and would be really generous with their extra food and yeah, that was really, really wonderful to experience. Um, I then asked whether the terrain was as beautiful as I'd hoped or expected. Um, obviously it was. Uh, I do think that Goat Rocks was the highlight of my hike. Um, I'd been told that Goat Rocks was going to be good. I did not know quite how good Goat Rocks was going to be. Um, we got really lucky with really, really good weather and an incredible sunrise and cloud inversion, and it was amazing. Um, all of Washington, really. I mean, in particular, northern Washington was incredible. Um, I didn't see the Sierra this year, which I guess actually leads me on to the next question. Did you go through the Sierra, Abby? No. <laughs> I got to Kennedy Meadows South in mid-May. I want to say the, oh, the 19th or something. 18th 19th 20th somewhere somewhere then um and when we got to Kennedy Meadows very few people had headed in um and well of those that had the only report we had was a group that had gone over Forrester Pass that had said it was basically a, a mountaineering expedition up an ice chute and you needed screws and multiple ice axes and 
I mean, I don't know how true that was. Obviously, there were people that went through. Um, so, but that was enough for us to say, nah, no thank you. So, did I get there? Yes. Um, I made it through the desert pretty much unscathed. The desert was a phenomenal success, really. Um, and was it safe to pass through the Sierra? Again, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it would have been safe for me. Um, but I know groups of people that I spent time with in the desert and in at Candy Meadows who headed in and made it through. Um, shout out in particular to Refill and Nasty Cheese and their whole gang. Amazing people, incredibly strong hikers. Um, we spent a few days with them at Candy Meadows and they headed in the day that we headed out and they they made it to Canada with pretty much a continuous footpath which is awesome they were incredible yeah what a what a group um I spoke a little about wanting to retrace my steps from last summer and filling in the gap that I left on the John Muir Trail obviously I didn't I didn't get to do that um and I do still think that's going to be a really magical thing to experience I think being back on the trail in any uh, at any point in it is going to be pretty special um, just because it's going to bring back all those memories and but it's the perfect excuse to go back um, I have a maybe a month um, five week chunk of trail to fill in um, so I don't know whether that'll be next year I'd love it to be next year but I think realistically it might be the year after um, and so I think actually it's kind of nice that I have I have something to go back for and then did I make it to the end, to Canada? Yes. Um, I got to Canada on August 16th. Like I say, that's, oh my goodness, like two months ago now. We're now almost, uh, we're mid-October. Um, so yeah, well done me. Well done the the trail gang. Well done to the trail fam and everyone else. Um, but yeah, I made it to Canada. I mean, granted it was unconventional and I skipped a section and I hiked southbound through the desert and, you know, there was lots of, lots of things that made it not the through hike I had wanted or anticipated but I think it was what was right for me and what was right for my gang and overall it was an incredible incredible experience so thanks for listening to me talk about it for the last six months um yeah I can't I can't wait to be back Hello, this is Abby Evans, and it's me from the past to ask my future self a couple of different questions slash share my hopes for her hike. So I hope your hike goes pretty well, and well, obviously, um, but I also hope that I'm able to experience like all like the whole the whole spectrum of human emotion like I hope there's some days that really suck and really push myself to uh, uh limits that I didn't know were there but I hope that when I find those limits I hope that I'm able to keep going and well by also respecting my body I hope that I'm able to keep going if I'm not in immense amounts of pain um but I hope that I'm able to push through any mental barriers and find a new sense of strength in myself and a sense of independence and just confidence in myself as an individual that wasn't there before. And 
I also hope that I'm able to meet a lot of different interesting people and capture some of our stories and poetry. And I look forward to reading the poetry after I finish. And I also hope that I learn how to respect my body and not push myself past where it hurts so much that I can't really walk anymore because that's not a great way to live. And I hope that I'm able to like use pain more as guidelines now and develop a healthier relationship with exercise. And I also hope that I'm able to have a more confident sense of self and that I'm confident in my gender identity, my sexuality, who I am, and also maybe even where I'm going after the hike (laughs) and what I want the rest of my life to kind of look like. And I also hope I'm more comfortable with the concept of mortality that I seem to be struggling with so much these days. And I also hope that I just have fun. And I have a couple questions for future self. What was the most embarrassing moment of your thru-hike slash the most disgusting thing that you did on the thru-hike? And what are some funny stories? And what is the strangest poem that you wrote? And do you know who you are slash where you're going in life more so now? (laughs) I guess we'll both find out. So I'm really looking forward to hearing some of my answers. Happy trails. This is Abby from the past signing off. Hello, this is Shitwater Fireball, Queen of the Salamanders, and I will be answering the questions from my past self, which I just listened to, which I thought was a little silly because they were really concerned about me respecting my body and stuff like that. (laughs) And I will say that going on a through hike, it is difficult to respect your body because you are pushing yourself to the absolute physical and mental limits every day. Like, I remember on the podcast, I was concerned about me finding those limits and (laughs) holy fuck, did I find them very quickly on the through hike. But it also made me just a lot more chill in real life in certain ways. Like when I get stuck in traffic, I'm like, you know what? This is fine. I'm in a car and it's air conditioned and I'm not halfway up an incline that's making my heels feel like they're going to snap. So this is okay. It's just helped me have a new perspective on life and just being grateful for little things like the people you're surrounded by and also just showers and not having to stress about where you're going to sleep every night. And it also helped me to have a more confident sense of self and my gender identity and stuff like that. I know I was concerned about that. And now I'm just like happy with it because I'm like, if you don't get it, you don't have to. And the only thing that it really matters is that I understand myself and I accept myself. And (laughs) now I do. Uh, I had this realization when I was hiking that uh, I would always get kind of, I'd feel guilty because I'd think my 
like past self little person that I was would look at my future self and be sad that I was like rejecting the identity of a woman and that they would feel um like unfulfilled but I realize now that it's just like I never felt like a woman to begin with (laughs) and I never wanted to grow into this like beautiful woman I just wanted to be a beautiful person and I've always felt in between of the two different genders and so now I'm just happily non-binary which is really awesome that I can accept myself and accept that about myself now and it makes me really happy. And I also don't know where I'm going, don't know what the rest of my life is going to look like at all. You're not going to get that kind of clarity on a thru-hike. That's just way too over-romanticized and it's complete bullshit. The only thing you're going to get on a thru-hike is a lot of foot pain, some really cool people that you meet, and really cool places that you see, but it's probably not going to help you figure out your life direction that much. which is okay with me. At least it pointed me in the direction of, oh, I want to do this again, and I'm probably going to thru-hike the PCT next summer, but it also leads me into the spiral of, holy shit, is this all my life is going to be, and am I I okay with that? (laughs) You know? But it also, it, it did make me realize that I really love to write, and that I can write when I'm out there, and it opened up doors for me for opening for different, for writing for different brands, for the outdoor market and stuff like that and makes me realize that I want to surround myself with outdoorsy people in the future it doesn't matter if they're through hikers rock climbers kayakers literally anything but I just want to be surrounded and write for people who really value the outdoors because it's a huge part of my personality (laughs) and I'm really passionate about preserving the environment and I want to do as much as I can to make sure that's possible because it's a resource that I just want future generations to be able to escape to and just to have that same sense of fulfillment and independence and confidence that you gain from going out there because I just think it's so important And no, I'm not comfortable with the concept of mortality. Dying is not a fun, well, it's not a fun thing to think about, but it's not a bad thing to think about. I think it's important to think about dying because it makes you be more cognizant of your decisions in day-to-day life and think about it of the frame of like, if I died tomorrow, would I be happy with the way I lived my life today? And on the through hike, I could say yeah, because no day spent in the woods is a day that's wasted in my belief. You're always going to learn something. Most embarrassing moment of my thru-hike, getting caught having sex in a shelter. (laughs) That was rough. The dude walked by and me and my partner were just there. And I'm like, great, I'm just butt-ass naked. And this guy has no doubt about what we were doing. And then he like gets all awkward and weird, doesn't say anything to us, even though I'm like, ha sorry. And he just like goes mute. And I'm like, oh, fuck, like he's not even going to joke around with us. And he leaves to go to the picnic table that's like uh, 20 feet away so that he doesn't have to look at us anymore. But then he realizes that he forgot his trekking poles. So he has to like awkwardly come back to the shelter. And I'm just still butt ass naked and just like, hey, buddy. <laughs> to just grab his trekking poles and scuttle away and I'm just like oh my god that also ties into the most disgusting moment because sex on trail like you just smell so fucking bad for like the next couple days um not my favorite I also ate spam a lot out of a bag like bricks of spam and it would turn gray and I would still eat it so that was kind of rough 
and also piss rags, the um, cooler cloth, shout out to cooler cloth, I love them, but me and my friend Goldie would just like compare our cooler cloths to see how crusty they would get over time, <laughs> that's kind of foul, and uh, funny stories, sex story was kind of funny, also the porcupine eating the shelter was really interesting, that was the same shelter too, he would just like, the porcupine would come up and he would just eat the shelter while me and love child slept and that was uh really interesting um and also uh there was like a stick that we were supposed to use to dissuade the porcupine from eating the shelter and it was just like a giant stick and it had a message taped to it that was just like good luck fending off the porcupine he loves to eat the shelter while you sleep and it's really disconcerting to wake up in the middle of the night to just hear something gnawing on the shelter like that's terrifying and uh i think i asked myself about a love interest but like obviously <laughs> i met love child and I'm just really happy and we're still together after trail and visiting each other and planning on uh, through hiking the PCT together next summer. So I think that's really exciting and I'm so grateful to have met a partner who's just so much fun and so supportive and accepts, like, accepts me for who I am and that's really awesome. So all in all, I'd recommend the trail to anyone like it might not answer the questions you think but neither does anything we really do in life and also just be careful with how much you push your body because <laughs> I was like doing stretches every day and stuff like that and I was still in a ton of pain from hiking so go figure but best of luck and I hope everything in your life pans out in a way that makes you happy. Just because you don't wind up where you think you will doesn't mean that it's not still a great place to wind up. The same way in how a lot of views on the AT or a lot of hills don't lead to a view. But it's just like, you know what? I'm just going to look at some trees and be happy with that. So I hope that you can be happy wherever you are. And thanks for listening. And I hope you read some more of my writing. Thank you so much. This is Shitwater Fireball, Queen of the Salamanders, signing off. Happy weekday. What is today? Thursday. This is Allie, a.k.a. Uh, Appalachian Adventurista. I am currently walking down my driveway on my lunch break, going for a lunch break trail run with Arlo the dog, and it is currently 70 degrees in western North Carolina in late February, which is just insane. Today I want to pose a couple of questions for my future self. I have some curiosities and wonderings as to how I'm going to be doing about five to six months down the line or whenever and wherever I finish my Appalachian Trail through hike attempt. And I guess the first one just starts with the weather. With warm winters like this, it makes me concerned for the frogs and <laughs> concerned for mosquito and tick populations. And I'm curious if I noticed any 
changes and differences in normal seasonal ecological patterns because of this warm winter we're having. Today also this trail run is something I have been doing a lot of as a way of physically preparing my body for a through hike but also there's a ton of other stuff that I'm sure I know well of preparation that I've been doing for physical, emotional, and mental preparation. And I'm curious if it was worth it. What do I think, looking back on the preparations that I'm doing now, what was good and what would I change? What maybe should I have added to my routines? I have several different mantras that I always use for my adventures and I have written those up for this adventure as well. Of course, a few of those being pushing too hard today might compromise tomorrow. Go slow. My AT success does not define my character. Goals are goals. Goals are not inherently mandatory. Success does not come solely from one thing. Gratitude for the whole. And I'm curious for myself, did I use those? <laughs> did I use the mantras that I have uh, used previously and prepared for myself? And also, did they change? Additionally, I know I am hiking for several different reasons, some of those just being lifelong goals, but uh, the biggest one that I am intending currently on spending a lot of mental energy on on trail is challenging my identity as being Appalachian. And I'm curious how that thought process progressed along the trail. Did I spend the time on that concept like I thought I would and wanted to or not? How did that go? And finally, I'm just curious what future me post-trail would say to pre-trail me. If I could meet myself face to face and have an interview, what suggestions, what advice, what potentially warnings might I give myself in my today preparing for trail mindset? I'm pretty excited to see how this adventure goes and I have so many curiosities as to how it's going to happen. So I look forward to one day being able to answer all of those questions. Hey y'all, this is Allie, AKA TC, AKA Appalachian Adventurista. I am checking in today from my home in Western North Carolina where uh, Mount Mitchell actually got the first snow of the season a couple days ago. So. Uh, today we've got blue skies, but fall is definitely teetering on some winter trends, which has been interesting to see. Today we are checking in with our former selves and the questions that we asked um, before we started our long trails. And I've got those here for myself. And I guess kind of to keep with the theme of winter and, and seasons, um, my first question that I had posed to myself was about the weather. Um, at the time that I recorded my interview to my future self, it was February and we were having an uncharacteristically warm February. And I was very aware of that. So I wanted to know how weather had uh, affected the trail ecologically. Were there differences in ecological patterns? Um, how did I see the warm winter affecting it? And in short, yes, weather was different this year. Um, we had that very strangely warm February, which I think gave us a lot of false hope that <laughs> uh, we would have a warm start to our hike. 
Um, but then March hit and my first about 10 days to two weeks on trail, uh, temperatures did not get much above freezing. Uh, it was absolutely frigid cold, the coldest I had ever camped. Um, and that was a, a pretty good shock. Um, I think it was an early lesson that the trail will always throw you curveballs. Um, but besides that, um, that, that warm to cold snap that uh, we don't usually have that drastically. Uh, I noticed a lot of plants and amphibians that got tricked into coming out of their dormancy periods. Um, and that was, that was kind of hard to see in March um, when they were suffering with the bitter cold again. Another question I asked myself was uh, about the preparations I did mentally, physically, and emotionally. Uh, I wanted to know if it was worth it, uh, what I would change and what I would add. Um, and I think that all of the prep I did was and was not worth it, which I know is kind of a cheater answer, but um, I think I did as much as I possibly could have. I, I prepped in a way that there wasn't really anything else I could have done. Anything else I could have prepared with, I just needed to learn once I was on trail itself. So I did as much as I possibly could have. Um, I do think that a lot of people went into the trail blind. And I think that there's a lot of beauty in that too. I, I knew things that were coming up on trail that others weren't aware of. Um, and I, I think that everyone just kind of approaches that differently. Some people, um, really thrive in the surprise and, and knowing, not knowing what's coming. I think for me, I like to have that mental prep ahead of time. And I, I like to be a little bit more aware of what I'm walking into. So I think if someone was planning a long trail, um, through hike, uh, just kind of do what comes naturally to you because, um, preparing a whole bunch or not preparing at all, neither one of those answers is right. I think it just depends on who you are. Um, I also asked myself if I used some of my mantras. I um, referenced those, I guess, in in uh, in my question and wrote some of those out or spoke some of those out loud. Um, and I wanted to know if I used them or if they changed. And I used some of them, which is kind of the goal. I, the goal is not to need all of your mantras. It's just to be able to have them available if you need to lean back on them. So I think I did that pretty well. They did change, though. I added and amended uh, my little sayings uh, to accommodate kind of what the circumstances were on trail. Uh, for example, when I joined the tramily that I continued to hike with, uh, a lot of my mantras shifted to help me refocus my hike on myself and not that of others. Um, and my mantras, basically, that's just to say that they shifted um, to help me with whatever I may have been struggling with at any point in time on the trail. So I definitely used them, but they definitely also changed. Um, I also asked about um, how I was challenging my identity. That was one of the main things that was drawing me to the Appalachian Trail itself. Um, and to be totally honest, I hardly considered this past the Smokies. Um, so within the first 200 miles, I think I found my answers. Uh, I think that what I was really looking for with that question was some insight or approval or confirmation of the thoughts that I had as to how I identified. Um, and what I found pretty quickly was that um, I don't need that external validation. I didn't need to be outside looking for something to confirm what I know to be true of myself. So um, 
I think I found those answers really quickly. Uh, and the answers in themselves were that I didn't need to be asking that question. Um, and then finally, I asked myself what my post-trail self would say to my pre-trail self, if there were any warnings or advice. Um, and I think that all I really have to say is that my confidence before the trail was warranted. Even if I had not made it all the way, it was still warranted. I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was capable of. I trusted myself and I should have trusted myself um, in the way that I did. So I think I had a little bit of nervousness that I was overconfident in my abilities and um, in what I wanted to do. But I think that that was absolutely warranted. Um, I also would give myself a little bit of a heads up that I'm going to find fear and pain in ways that I can't prepare for. So just breathe through it. (laughs) Uh, Take it as it comes and know that um, this too shall pass. Uh, And finally, just reminding myself that I'm only responsible for myself um, and only make decisions for you. Everyone else's hike is their hike. uh, And I cannot assume responsibility for others or assume that... uh, they are taking, they are helping with the responsibility of mine. My hike is my responsibility and that is my only responsibility on trail. So just a little nugget of wisdom there for my trail experience. I think those are all the questions I asked myself. Um, I of course have so many other thoughts about my hike, uh, most of which I have shared through the series of uh, podcast interviews that have come out here through trail correspondence. But For now, I'm going to take some of those answers and sit on them and uh, sit my tea here in in Western North Carolina and think a little bit more about my hike and and what I'm taking away from it. Until next time, y'all. TC signing out. This is Summer coming at you one month pre-trail, currently recording this from my warm, cozy little apartment, and today I have a list of some questions to ask my future badass post-trail self, so let's get into it. Well, starting off, I mean, how did it go? How does it feel to have done the damn thing? And how was the whole social aspect for you on trail how were the people was it everything you had heard about was it ever challenging being around so many new people or was it just wonderful what was the biggest takeaway you are taking from your time out on the trail what was the biggest challenge you faced and how did you handle it What was your favorite section of trail and why? What was your favorite day out on the trail? What was your favorite trail town you went to? And what was the absolute best town food slash town meal that you ate? And where was it? And what was it? And how lightweight did you finish the trail in terms of your pack? Uh, Did you ever get to that sweet, sweet sub 10 pound base weight? How long did you actually grow your hair out um, if you managed to resist the urge to chop it at some point on the trail? And did you get some kind of 
clarity over what is next for you in life? And if so, what do you feel like is next for you? Um, and in terms of like what your next adventure will be, do you feel like you will do another through hike like the CDT or a whole different adventure altogether? Um, yeah, just curious to see where my mind is at after the trail. But that is all I have. So till next time, Summer signing out. Hello, hello, this is Summer, and today I'm going to be answering some questions from my pre-trail self, so let's dive into it. How did it go? Um, honestly, people have asked me this a lot since I've been back, just like, how was it? Oh my gosh. And I really don't know how to answer that, because on one hand, it was like the most amazing, epic experience of my life, and I also feel like it was probably one of the most, like, um, difficult and, like, in some ways traumatic experience of my life at times. So it's like, it went well. I did it. Also, it was a lot. Um, so yeah. Um, second question. How is the social aspect? And how is it being around so many people? Um, honestly, I thought this was going to be a lot bigger of a problem than it was. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the opposite was the problem tbh like in the desert it was actually really fun being around like more people and having that like group dynamic and stuff really like helps to keep you going especially in the beginning when you're like getting you know in the rhythm it honestly got a lot harder when i split off and was hiking solo um yeah it was easier in the way that i could set my own pace and like do the miles I was trying to do, but it was a lot harder in that, like, mentally, it was just really draining to be alone so much, which was an interesting discovery. So, yeah. Um, in terms of what my biggest takeaway was, honestly, relating back to that last one, I think it was really just f coming to terms with the fact that, like, even as an introverted person, we all need we all need each other. Like, we all need people. And I think that that's something that for a long time I've kind of uh, just not really wanted to accept. Like, I'm just such an independent person also that, like, I don't want to rely on people. I don't want to, like, I want to just be independent, do my own thing. But being home, I've really been prioritizing, like, meeting new people and trying to you know build more community because it's something I just really haven't put much effort into it before but now I'm like no it's actually really nice to have people around to support you so that was probably my biggest takeaway is just like it's yeah you need you need community and like even if it isn't I don't know yeah anyway um okay my biggest challenge um was probably Probably just the mental aspect, um, the boredom and the monotony of it, of mainly, mainly doing the bigger mile days when it just feels like, you know, honestly, there were a lot of days when I was up hiking for pretty much 13, 14 hours a day with like maybe a 30 minute lunch break in there, like, you know, I was pretty much just hiking all day and like it gets really monotonous and it wasn't you know like a physical challenge like I could do it 
it was really just the mental, like, I just am bored, you know, like, and learning how to just kind of, like, sit with that and, like, sit in the boredom and sit in the monotony and, like, push through it anyway. And I think that that's something we just don't really have to face as much in day-to-day life with, like, all the distractions we have around us constantly. Um, So that was really interesting. Um, My favorite section of trail... Honestly, it was probably um, Northern Washington. I would say the first, I'd say everything from like the Canadian border to probably even Stevens Pass. I mean, there's some sections in there that were like pretty gnarly with the blowdowns and, and overgrowth and stuff, but like all of it was just, even that, it made it so rugged and remote. Um, it was all so cool. So I loved Northern Washington. Also saw like the, all of the bears I saw on trail were there, and I love bears, so that was really cool, too. Um, I love Northern Washington. I highly recommend it if you're looking for a really cool section to do. That's also not impossible with permits, like the Sierra, so highly recommend that section. My favorite day on trail? Um, gosh, this is really hard. I would say, honestly, there was um, a day in Northern Washington right around Rainy Pass before we got down to, like, right before North Cascades, and the group I was with at the time was just, we were all having a good time, and we met up with another guy that we had hiked with in the desert who'd, like, caught up to us, and we all just were, like, really vibing and having a good time, and then at Rainy Pass, um, at Highway 20, one of the girls I was hiking with, like, her old friend who happened to live nearby, like, came out and met us, and, like, we all just, like, chatted, and, you know, until it was late, and, it was just a really fun day, so I still feel like that was probably one of my favorite days on trail, honestly. Um, favorite town on trail? Uh, gosh, I mean, Stahican was so cute. I literally am just, this is not sponsored by Northern Washington. It was just really cute. Uh, loved Stahican, or I thought... Honestly, um, Tehachapi was great. It was just, like, kind of had everything you needed, and we stayed with, like, a super dope trail angel who made it nice, um, so it was awesome. And then also just thought Etna was really cute. Um, cute little town. No, not Etna. Um, I think it was actually... Honestly, I really liked the Northern California towns. I think it was also because I was, like, losing my mind, so it was, like, any time I'd go into town was just so great. I thought Chester was really cute. Um... Yeah, I like Chester. The grocery store there was fucking rad. Um, favorite best town food or meal? Probably, um, gosh, the place in Wrightwood, the breakfast place there was pretty bomb. Yeah, I'd say probably that. I don't remember what it's called, but I think you know, I don't think there's a lot of options there. Um, Okay. And then how light did I get my pack down? I did not finish with the lightest my pack was by far. I definitely had a lot more stuff for the Sierra. Um, and I was still cold like the whole time. So def, I don't even know what my pack weight was for the Sierra. I really did not care at that point. I was just trying to like survive the end of the trail. Um, but for like a thousand miles, Oregon and all of Northern California, um, I had, I was using a totally frameless pack. I was using a Palante, um, 30 liter, and I had my base weight down to about eight pounds. Um, so it was pretty light. Yeah, pretty dang light.
Um, how long did my hair get? Got pretty long. It is the longest it has been since I was a teenager, for sure. Um, it's very long. I definitely need to trim it. I still have not done that. But literally, I'm a so I'm a hairstylist, and I've been back at work now. And every all of my coworkers, like when they've seen me for the first time, they're like, "Your hair is so long." So I did resist the urge to cut it, and it's been very fun just having my like long hair. And okay, lastly, did I get clarity on what I want to do next, and do I want to do another through hike? Um, I've already covered the through hike thing I think I don't really want to do another super long trail at least anytime soon um I would be open to doing some shorter like thousand mile or less kind of things at some point for sure or just doing more like adventure through hiking like doing maybe the TA but not necessarily like puristy you know um like skipping the roadwalks and that kind of thing um be open to that in terms of clarity on what's next for me I don't I didn't have any magical revelations and I think that's very common sentiment. I think people go in expecting they will or thinking they might and they don't because honestly that's just like I don't know when you're out there I don't know. It's just not what you're like thinking about and on, it's it's kind of hard. Um so I, yeah, I didn't have any magical revelations, but I do, you know, know I learned a lot, so I know you know, I really love an adventure so much and like I still really crave that and enjoy that I just think maybe it doesn't need to be like day in day out for five months like maybe it can be shorter trips and yeah that kind of thing so for now just working and enjoying the weekend adventure grind um and I'm pretty happy with that so yeah we'll see though next year next summer what comes but yeah, alrighty, those are all my only questions. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah, this is Summer, signing out. I'm Annika from Germany. I want to hike the Pelletje Trail together with my dog Tilly. First, when I mentioned my plans to go to the USA for six months to walk such a long distance, my friends and my family thought I made a joke. Especially when I told them that I will take my dog Tilly with me. What? They asked me. You are going to hike so many miles along with a dog? We are going to sleep outside in a tent for so many days? Even when the weather is bad and cold? You are crazy. Most of them couldn't believe that I would put my plans in operation and do the hike. At first I talked with my husband about it because he's the one who have to stay at home and have to take care of our family, household, our garden, our pets and everything else. Without his support and help I couldn't do that trip. I live in a small village in the northern part of Germany, a part of Germany without any hills and mountains. So the everyday walking with my dog is not very exhausting really. And I think we should have made more exercise in a landscape with mountains. And that's worry me a little bit. 
so we have to get the apraxis while we are on the trail. So, what I can say about myself? I'm 56 and a mother of three sons. They are nearly grown up. The oldest one is 22 and the twins' 19th birthday is in March this year. They both are disabled and have a tetraspastic since they are born. That means it is difficult for them to walk and use their legs and arms right. So my husband and I stayed at home all the years and take care of them. We worked really hard for their independence and I'm sure they will live of their own one day. They still go to school and I worry about their schoolwork while I'm away a little bit. My family says it's typical for me and I should, shouldn't worry about it. Okay, I hope I can manage that. My oldest son has finished his education as a mechanic this year and is going to move out and together with his girlfriend. So some things will be different when I get home in six months. So why am I hiking? I need some time out. My head is full what I have done, what things I have to do, what I have to organize for the kids, homework, school. Many times I have to argue with departments to get permissions for physiotherapy and special stuff for school for the twins. I have to argue to get more money for both of them. I have fought so much that my sons are able to go get a good education at school. When you are disabled, everything changes in life. You can't be a normal family anymore. Everything is different and very exhausting, especially after so many years of care and fighting. I really need time out, time for myself, time for my overthoughts. I have never been in the USA before, and I know the AT only from the film Walking in the Woods by Bill Bryson. I know the trail will be very exhausting sometimes, but I also know that it will be a very exciting experience for me. I hope to get new power for my kids and my family. And I don't walk alone. I have my dog Tilly. I got her seven years ago from Romania. She was a street dog and lived in a shelter in the eastern part of Romania. I got her from an animal care organization and she's such a lovely dog since she stayed with us. I don't know what kind of adventures expected us and what kind of challenge we have to manage. I'm not sure if Tilly is able to walk such a long distance nearly every day. I hope she does. And what about me? I'm also not sure of myself. I don't know if my plans get it in the right direction every time. But I will try it. Try to through-hike the AT And I know that no one of us can faster walk than the slowest one of us. So we will see, and I'm very, very exciting of the next months. You will hear from me again. Ciao! Harry is Elke again for the last time for this correspondence. Uh, yes, I have finished now. What does it mean to me? Am I a different person now? I don't think so. But the hike did something to me. That's actually true. Surely, I'm proud of myself and of course of Tilly too. We have made it to the end of Katahdin. 
But when I look back, it is not the most important thing to have approached the end in Maine. I know I was exhausted so many times. I asked myself what I'm doing here so many times. I was struggling, falling in the mud. I was crying. But at the end of the day, I felt so, um, so released, so satisfied. When I laid in my tent, listened to the noises around me, listened to the wild animals, the wind, the rain. And the only thing I had to do the next morning was to pack my backpack, take my dog Tilly and went hiking. I only had to think of the distance which I wanted to make for the day. I only had to think of resupplies where I could get it. I don't know how can I explain it. Um, I think it's on one way it was so easy. It was an easy life. Life is so much difficult at home. You have to think about so many things to organize the day, the week, the whole year. Your brain is full of dates, appointments and deadlines. You have to schedule your life all the time. And that is much more exhausting than hiking in the woods with a heavy backpack on your back. So yes, yes, I miss the AT, sleeping in the tent, just me and Tilly. I miss the peaceful sights, the nature around me. And yes, I miss Blue Rabbit. When I left the States at Boston Airport, I wasn't sure if I can take Blue Rabbit with me or which part of Blue Rabbit I could take and which part I have to leave at the AT. I'm not sure if I can hold on the, mo the, on the mo memories of freedom and peace and take it in my normal life. I'm really not sure and I'm, I'm really sad about it. When it doesn't work, I think I have to come back, come back to the AT and pick up Blue Rabbit on the trail wherever she could be. So, I can only say happy trails and see you again one day. Future Jake, this is Jake from the past. Congratulations on hopefully the end of an epic AT through hike. Um, I'm so excited for you. I'm contacting you from February 26th. So we're just a few days away from getting started at Amicalola. And I just hope that you've had the ride of a lifetime doing the Appalachian Trail. Um, if I can give you some words of encouragement and things that we're thinking about right now that I hope you keep in mind, one of the biggest things is, as we've learned in the past, objects in motion stay in motion, objects at rest stay at rest. So I hope you've just kept moving as you've gone throughout this trail, making sure you take it one day at a time, even if you only do one mile or a half mile, that you've kept moving and never quit on this trail. One of the things that I hope you're really feeling right now as you approach the end of the trail is just a great sense of gratitude and appreciation for all the work that you've done to earn this opportunity, to execute on it, and of course, to enjoy it and experience it. It's something that's very rare in life to do something quite like this, and you put the time in to make it happen, and then obviously had to 
really make it happen day to day going up and down mountains uh, all across the East Coast. So I hope you just feel lots and lots of gratitude right now. There's no reason to stress about the number of days or the number of resupplies or anything like that other than just the excitement and the gratitude of, of everything that you've accomplished. So I hope that's the number one thing in your mind right now. As far as questions for you, beyond that hope, um, I hope that you feel like you've learned a little bit about yourself. As we've thought about a lot as we approach this decision, you know, at least in February 2023, Jake knows himself pretty well and is looking to have an epic adventure to push himself beyond its comfort zone. And I hope you feel like you've accomplished that. Um, and I'm curious to see if you've learned anything new about yourself. Uh, one thing that I think is really awesome about us is we know ourselves well, but that something that comes with that is the self-awareness that we tend to always go for the most epic things in life, and that's just not super sustainable. So I hope you feel at the end of this trail that you can get by with a lot less, keep things pretty simple, um, be grateful for the adventures that happen in everyday life. Not everything can be a hike across the country or just an overdone adventure. And so I hope you realize that there's more than one way to live really coming through this experience. I'm also curious to learn a little bit more about what's been your highlights and lowlights. Right now, I'm really looking forward to just spending this much time in, in the woods and meeting the people along the way. But what types of people are you going to hang out with? Are you going to be a lone wolf and kind of jump between tramleys? Are you going to spend a lot of time with one tramley? What is that going to be for you? I can't wait to find out more. And I really hope that you feel a great sense of satisfaction knowing that we got what we wanted coming out of this hike. A great in-depth experience learning more about the history of the U.S. and the beautiful um, East Coast and all the amazing mountains and um, natural resources that are there. And I hope that you feel like you can, and I hope that you have lots of wisdom that you can share with friends and family back home. So I'm incredibly proud of you, proactively proud of you, putting out good energy. And it just is a great feeling being where I'm at, feeling like we're on the eve of something that you just know is going to be epic, but you're not sure what it looks like yet. So good luck, future Jake. And P.S., really excited to find out what your trail name is going to be. Hello, everyone. This is Radio checking in for the last episode of Trail Correspondence, an interview with my former self. Uh, really excited for this episode and excited to answer the questions that I asked myself all the way back in February. Um, the first question that I had for myself was to see if I discovered anything new about myself while I was on the Appalachian Trail. Um, and one of the things that I thought was pretty interesting about my hike by the time that I finished was while for a lot of people hiking the AT or any other through hike is all about kind of a journey of self-discovery or learning who you are, um, I think for me it was really more of a journey of self-affirmation versus self-discovery, just in the sense of um, when I had the time to look back and think about where my life was headed and things that I was working on and what, I, what some of my goals were, when I had the time to really think about it on the AT, hours and hours and miles of miles of hiking and going up and down challenging mountains, um, I realized that I, I was pretty proud of the path that I'm on and that I'm doing the right things and feel like what I'm doing is where I should be. Um, for context, when I asked myself that question back in February, I think there was part of me that was really struggling with the concept of not feeling like I had enough adventure in my life or wanting more and more epic uh, craziness <laughs> and um, struggling with 
the fact that I felt unable to do those things. So for example, um, I have a fully remote job, so why can't I work from a van? Or uh, I love running ultra marathons, so why don't I just do that all the time instead of uh, just settling for smaller races, et cetera. Um, and I think while I really struggled with it back in February, I feel like it was kind of a little naive to think that way, just because I'm fortunate that I have a lot of really amazing people and things in my life that I really care about. And when I had the time on the AT, I was able to realize just how important those little things are and how much they matter to me. And as cool as it would be to live out of a van or as cool as it would be to live out West instead of in the Midwest where I live, um, ultimately I'm happy where I'm at. And I think that was one of the best gifts I could have gotten from the AT was just being content with where you are and feeling like you're on the right path instead of feeling like you have to radically change your journey. Um, another question that I asked myself was about simplicity in life. Um, looking to live a little bit simpler. Uh, I think that's been one of the biggest takeaways for sure from the time, my time on the trail is just realizing you can get by with so much less, not that everyone should have to, or should need to. Um, but it's really kind of (laughs) nice feeling like you can get by with, without a shower every single day, without brand new clothes to wear all the time, um, to just have really a few small things, less than 15 pounds worth of gear and still be really content and not just content, but really thriving and really happy with where you're at. Um, it's funny, I I travel for work, so I'm actually in New Orleans right now. (laughs) Um, and when I pack, when, before I was on the AT, I used to have like a, not a, not too big of a suitcase, but a relatively big bag with lots of clothes and things like that. Um, and now I pack almost nothing, even when I'm gone for like a week for work, um, which is interesting. So definitely those, those, uh, weight hacks you learn on a through hike translate to, to the real world life. And that simplicity helps me enjoy travel a lot more. Um, I don't feel literally as weighed down as I, as I would have otherwise. Um, Another question that I had for myself was highlights and lowlights. I think we've talked about that a lot on previous episodes of the podcast, so I'll avoid that question. But one that was kind of related to that in my questions was whether or not I was going to be a lone wolf or a tramley guy. (laughs) Um, So I I think I initially had this idea in my head that I was going to go out in the AT and try to have a lot of alone time. Um, And that's quickly... I realized that wasn't the case for me. I was really struggling with the amount of alone time I had in the first three or four days of the trail and was fortunate to meet some amazing people really early on, including uh, my boy Two Spoons and Ozark and Wild Turkey, people who I ended up almost finishing the hike with um, really early in Georgia. So that was that was awesome. Um, and Togo, of course. Um, all those folks are featured on my podcast if you want to learn more. <laughs> um, but I realized that even though I would have been cool to get better and more comfortable being alone, ultimately I really liked being in a tramway and I liked that social side of the hike and uh, I wouldn't want to change it any other way. That was just such a fantastic experience um, being with a tramway for so long. For those of you who don't know, I was pretty much in the same tramway from Georgia all the way to Maine. Um, We had the same core group really from North Carolina and Virginia, Southern Virginia all the way until the end, which is pretty rare. Most people have multiple tramways or maybe they have one person they stick with. Um, it's pretty rare to be in a group of five or six people and make it all the way to the end. And that, that was something I was really proud of. I thought it was really cool that we were able to do that. Um, my last two questions that I had for myself was that, did I get what I wanted out of the hike? I think the obvious answer here is overwhelmingly yes. Um, so much more than I ever could have expected. Amazing friendships, um, an amazing experience, 
great sense of gratitude for just the fact that we have something like this in the U.S. I think the AT, the PCT, the CDT, any other of the trails out there, it's just so cool that we have people that made a decision to preserve this land for the sole purpose of hiking and recreation. And um, even though it can feel very dysfunctional, our modern life and the government and <laughs> feel like they don't really have our best mind, you know, best interests in order. It's cool that at least in the past, people really, really valued some of these things and set aside um, resources to have these treasures for us to use and, and enjoy. So that was really, really cool. Um, and I definitely got what I wanted, my the sense of adventure and uh, five months to really just celebrate being in nature and making new connections. Um, the last question was, I hope you have a good trail name. Um, my trail name was radio and believe it or not, that actually was a trail name that I thought I might get just because a lot of people say I have a voice that sounds like a radio voice. And I interned at a radio station in college and was obviously doing my own podcast. So that wasn't too much of a shocker. Um, but the biggest thing I would say about trail names that I thought they think is kind of a complete misnomer is I really think you should pick your own. Um, we met a guy in the Smokies named Yukon Rasputin who hiked the AT back in the early nineties or the late eighties. And he said, you know, when he hiked the trail, everybody picked their own trail name because it was kind of your alter ego. The idea of getting a name on the trail always leads to kind of a silly name that you might not like. <laughs> so, um, if I could give an advice to new through hikers, I would say, just pick your own trail name. You'll, you'll be guaranteed to have something you want. And then you never know the thing you thought you might get is probably the thing you're going to get, which is what happened to me. I kind of thought I was going to get radio and that's what it was. So, um, with that, I just want to thank Moron and Kendra for having the trail correspondence this year. I've really loved listening to everyone else's stories. It's been fantastic. Just feeling a sense of camaraderie with some other through hikers this year and really appreciate you to the listeners for taking time out of your busy life to hear a little bit more about my adventure. Um, if there's anything I can do to be of service to you or any of your loved ones who are interested in hiking or learning more about these amazing trails that we have in the U.S. or all over the world, uh, please feel free to reach out on my Instagram. I'm happy to be a resource and, and pay it forward because the AT has given so much to me and the through hiking community. So thanks again for listening. Love you all and happy hiking. Eddie, welcome back to Civilization. I have a few questions, and that's because you know how I am, nosy as heck. So first, did Minstrel stick, or did you somehow get a new trail name? If you did, what is it? Do you like it? Or are you still Minstrel? Because let's face it, that's a pretty dope name. Secondly, how did Kosher on Trail for that first month go? Did it change how you interacted with food, with cooking, with hiking afterwards? If so, how? Would the trail be practicable for Jews who observe stricter kashrut? Would they be able to do it? Third, tell me about a bad day when you had to remind yourself not to quit. What carried you through it? How'd you get through? Fourth, what was a good day that you had that filled your cup back up? Fifth, you hiked the Tahoe Rim Trail in 2019, and you met a bunch of PCT hikers out in Desolation Wilderness. 
How did your experience of desolation change from then until now? How did your inspiration for the PCT from that short overlap those years ago color your time in desolation this time? Next, sixth, going in, you said you wanted to live for yourself. That was one of your goals for this hike. How do you feel that goal was achieved? How are you going to apply it for yourself in the next six months? Next, who are three people that you met on trail who changed your hike? Finally, Eddie, future Eddie, buddy, baby, homie, what question should I ask you that I'm missing? Oh, man. Minstrel. Eddie, great question. So first, did the trail name Minstrel stick or did you get a new one? Yeah, it stuck. Um, I feel like that's actually... I think I, I, I ended up with a really great trail name because I haven't met another Minstrel. I met a bard and I heard of a guy named Maestro. But... Uh, you know, it just really, it really fits me. Um, and it's really funny because, you know, my, my last name in civilization is Ariola, and it gets turned into Ariola all the time. And so minstrel gets misheard as menstrual a lot. And, and it's just really funny to kind of have a carryover of almost a homonym for my name. I just, I love it. I love being minstrel and, and I really miss being called that, being back in civilization. And let's talk about being kosher on trail. Yes. Um, that first month, it was incredibly difficult uh, because I went, I went full kosher except for eating in town. So anything that went in my cook pot was, of course, kosher. Um, the only animal proteins that are kosher and readily available are eggs but you can't really pack out eggs on a through hike that's that's like more of a one or two nighter thing in those like big bulky yellow egg containers uh that you'll often see at at, at like the sporting goods section of walmart or something like that or even rei has them um and then tuna or salmon both of them are are readily available and generally kosher unless they have some sort of additive so that was my, that was my sole backpacking protein for the first, uh, month. And it was, it was gnarly. It sucked. It was not sustainable, um, for, for my interactions on cooking and buying food. I, I just, I was so hamstrung by that availability and I figured I would be because in order to have kosher proteins available, you have to have a fairly large, more orthodox leaning Jewish population in a town. And I knew that these trail towns wouldn't have that. I wanted to see what I could do just with a strict resupply. Now, if somebody was going to keep kosher for the entire trail, not just kosher style, which is where I saw, which is what I saw a lot of people do, where they just don't mix meat and milk and skip pork, which I just skip pork uh, in my daily life. Um, but if somebody was going to go full kosher, they would have to basically be vegetarian or vegan in town. Uh, and for resupplies, they would either have to do straight up tuna or they could order kosher goods, probably beef jerky and summer sausages or things like that. 
from Amazon for delivery, um, that would be the way to do it. It would be difficult and it would be crazy expensive, but that's something that we're kind of already used to. So if you are more observant and you do keep kosher and you want to stay kosher on trail, it is going to take a very large logistic commitment. I don't know how much I could help you with that, but if you want to reach out to me for that, absolutely, please do. I will, I will give you any information I can. Thank you for asking about a bad day. Um, I actually talked about the bad day in a prior episode. That was when I was uh, around uh, Quincy. I was, I was getting close to Quincy and the wind broke my tent pole in half, tore through my rain fly. But even then I wasn't considering quitting. I just knew I had to get off trail, repair, and go. I touching that northern terminus, completing this trail this year was never a question. It was always just it felt inevitable. As soon as I touched the trail, it was inevitable. I I knew I would be getting there. I might have to readjust some things and I'm sure I'll talk about that, but I never once thought about quitting at all. It was so weird. I just, it, it didn't feel like an option. Like if I was injured, it wouldn't be a quit. I would be off the trail, but quitting was just not, that trail had to be done by me. I had to be there, but I did have some low points. Of course, that, that time in Quincy went or near Quincy when, when the tent, when my tent broke was, was very tough. But there were so many days that filled my cup back up. I'm thinking of one specific, there was this evening, I was backpacking and of course I was, uh, in, I think it was, yes, it was Oregon. And I had recently split away from my hiking partner because I needed to do, I needed to do larger miles for scheduling reasons to get my, to, to get my dog from my dog sitter. And, it was the end, the last like night of the Perseid meteor shower. And I was doing some night hiking and I stopped to make dinner and I ended up running into this really cool young lady named Level Up. And we ended up cowboy camping together just randomly. It was spontaneous and joyful and everything I needed. Let's talk about Tahoe Rim Trail when I met hikers in Desolation. Unfortunately, I was unable to do the Desolation Wilderness this year. I did have to skip the Sierra for um, my own personal safety. Uh, I, I'm not a snow guy. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I do intend on going back and finding out. I said I wanted to live for myself. Yes, I did. Um, I did achieve that goal and I'm applying it to myself by learning to implement the boundaries that I did on trail, listening to my body, listening to myself, listening to my desires, uh, and really, really enforcing those boundaries. Three people who changed my hike, goodness, uh, Nani, shout out to you, uh, you're amazing ketchup, I adore you to the ends of the earth. And I'm going to go for four because also my OG trail family, 
Dirty Rafa, Doctor, I miss you, brother. Uh, Pina Colada, you're one of the best guys on the face of the planet. And Sinead, I don't even know what to say about you. I miss you so much. You you were a light. A question that I should have asked that I may have, might, might have missed? I, I can't think of one. I... I'm sure I'll think of one in like a week, but that's where we are. Howdy everyone, this is David, probably better known as Good Soup, signing in. I hope your day is treating you well, and I hope you're treating yourself well. I say probably known as Good Soup, because that's the trail name I picked for myself at the beginning of the trail. And while this is probably one of the last episodes released for this season of Trail Correspondence, it's the first episode I am recording, and I don't know if Good Soup's still my trail name. Hope so. It's pretty funny. Anyway... As someone has hopefully already explained in this episode, I am going to be interviewing my future self with all the questions that I would love answered right here, right now, six days before I set out on my northbound Appalachian through hike. So, turning it over to my future self, first and foremost, I gotta say, I'm really proud of you, man, for doing it, because... As I'm pacing right now in our parents' basement, ignoring through-hiking prep by doing this because it's seeming a bit too much right now, I'm, re- <laughs> I'm impressed that we did it, and I hope you're feeling proud, and I hope you're feeling content, and I hope it was all worth it. But this is the episode where I ask you questions, and I know you love asking questions, so if it's alright with you, we'll get into them. Yeah, that works for me. First, nice nice softball here. After all these months of hiking, what is your favorite trail snack? I think my favorite trail snacks, uh, and I'm, I'm deciding this by what would I still reach for at this point, um, and it would be peanut butter M&M's. Uh, you can't really go wrong with M&M's just at any point in your life, I guess, any situation. The peanut butter ones were nice because they had more protein than just normal M&M's. Um, and I guess it's just because I just kept eating them. I didn't get tired of them is where they're my favorite. Cause I, I definitely like ran through a bunch of other stuff like cliff bars or combos or, uh, what else? Slim gyms, or it's like, I don't want to ever see one of those again, <laughs> you know that. But, uh, even just this last week, I was like, Ooh, I want to, I want to uh, treat myself. I want a snack. And I went and I got peanut butter M&Ms because dang it, they're still tasty. Which of the states was your favorite to hike through, and which was your least favorite? Hmm. I think my favorite state to hike through was Vermont, because it was a challenge, and it was my first bit of not knowing if I could do it since heading out in Georgia, because I went into Vermont a few days after the state of emergency, um... So it was real, like, kind of touch and go of not knowing if I would 
be able to go through the state safely. Um, but it is where I met up again with some folks that I've been hiking near for most of the trail. Um, shout out to Caterito and Forlo because we met up, um, like pretty early into Vermont again. And then we hiked all the way out through Vermont to Katahdin. I summited Katahdin with them. So Vermont special because it's where I, I formed that tramley. Um, and the state is just absolutely gorgeous. Even with the mud. Oh, well, just walk through the mud. It's if you're out on the trail, just, just go through it. Your shoes are going to get wet. They're going to get muddy. Just, just do it. But, oh my God, such a gorgeous, gorgeous state. Um, and then my least favorite was New York, which I don't want to blame New York itself. I think it's just where I was at mentally in the hike, where I was looking for some reprieve having finished up the rocks of Pennsylvania and New Jersey. And then I, I, I've always said like, just because no one was complaining that New York was tough, I somehow translated that into being, oh, since no one's complaining about New York, New York must be pretty easy. No. It's difficult. I got there in the peak of sun or summer, so I was just baking on the rock ledges. Um, I'd say it's probably the closest I came to quitting, uh, just in terms of, like, I had to really motivate and convince myself to get up and hike every day for a solid week. Um, but I also just hate being overheated, so I think that's also more where I was at in the season with the weather than... Um, New York itself, because I definitely had some fun memories within there, but just, that was just the, the worst time I had on trail, unfortunately, was in that state. If you could wipe your memory so that you could experience a section of the trail for the first time again, which section would you choose? Ooh, oh, I forgot I asked about this. Um, great question. So memory wipe? If I had to, if I got to erase, um, my memory so I experience something for the first time, there's, you know, I want to be like all of it. I want to do it all for the first time, which is true. But, um, uh, I want, there's the part of me that wants to say something like, well, Maryland or, or your, you know, uh, Connecticut, like some like niche thing, but you wouldn't expect for me, but it's, it's either Georgia or Maine because I either want to experience being out in Georgia and backpacking for the first time and not knowing if I could do it or any of it, even finish Georgia or just finish the whole trail. Like that was really special. And then it would be Maine. Um, because I know I will never get to see Katahdin from a distance for the first time ever again. Just that one moment where you step out kind of onto a lake and you look across and you can see Katahdin and you can see, um, uh, I couldn't see it on the first mountain range that everyone talks about, by the way, it was, it was absolutely boxed in. And also I blue blazed around that mountain, Woo! Uh, <laughs> but the, the lake, the first lake you come to where you can see Katahdin, that will always be a special moment where I realized, oh, I, I'm actually going to do this thing. <laughs> I, had, I had, hadn't given myself permission to think I was going to finish until I saw it. Now, as I'm sure you recall, back here in pre-trail time, we've done so much research over the last year and a half, but also still feel like we haven't done enough. 
that nice little dichotomy of feeling both overprepared and underprepared. So I gotta ask, in what ways did we overprepare for the trail? In what ways did we underprepare? Okay, um, overprepped, underprepped. In hindsight, having done the trail, I'm pretty pleased with how much we did. I don't think we really over or under in any major ways. Um, well, sorry, the, the most major way was, um, if I could do it again, I definitely say we should have gone and slept outside in the woods. Like, good, good on us for, like, like the half a dozen times we set up the tent in the backyard just so we got used to being in the tent and sleeping with our sleep gear. Um, but, like, we should have gone off to a place where there were potential for animals, um, where you didn't feel necessarily safe in the sense that you couldn't just bail out to your house that was 10 feet behind you. Because the first, like, few weeks were rough because we had no experience sleeping in the woods. So... I would do that again. Um, I, I would I would go prep that way. Um, we also didn't... We knew that we had a solid romantic relationship, like strong, uh, with Abby, but I don't think we fully planned out how much we were going to miss her and ways we could uh, counteract that loneliness, that missing her. Um, we, we developed a, quite a few of them, but I will remember that one time, uh, like almost... Uh, yeah, a little after 400 miles in, in Virginia, where you just kind of like woke up, called your mom for an hour and basically cried on the phone about how much you missed Abby. So like that, that we should have maybe seen that coming a bit. Um, but it all worked out. So no worries there. In terms of over preparing, um, I guess, again, I don't think, I don't think we did anything wrong here. Nothing that ruined it. But in hindsight, some of my favorite parts about the trail were when I came across a location or something beautiful or an amazing view. And I was like, whoa, I didn't know this was on the trail. Wow. I, oh, just absolutely stunned, surprised by it. So because we researched so many locations and the, oh, when you get here, you have to go here. When you're here, make sure you appreciate this view, that kind of stuff. That was help. That was helpful because we knew that there were certain views that we didn't want to miss and that they were worth going off trail for and seeing that kind of thing. But if we could have done that less then we would have been able to experience just absolute unexpected beauty more often. And Ooh, those were some highlights, um, of the trip. I, I can't remember the name, shame on me, but there's the one in, um, Virginia where this, the shelter site is basically, over a giant, like, I want to call it like a caldera where like, it's just a ridge that goes all the way around in a circle. And I didn't know it was there. And all of a sudden just this whole view of this little town in what looked like a crater just took my breath away. So moments like that, if we had not studied as much, we would have been able to appreciate them for the first time with a bit more intensity. I feel. Which advice were you glad that you followed? And which advice were you glad that you didn't follow? Okay, so advice that I followed that I appreciated that I did um, was doing shakedown hikes for the sake of learning my gear. Because I've really felt that when I was out there for that first month and I wasn't quite sure about how to actually camp day in, day out, or like 
if my body could handle the backpacking. I at least felt solid that I knew what all my gear was and the multiple different ways I could use it. Um, and that I had gotten comfortable with only having like one set of clothes and like, um, there's very little that I had to get rid of later. It's not like I brought a bunch of stuff out and then had to cull a bunch of it for weight's sake. Like I, I think I ended up shaving only mm, two to four pounds. I want to say maybe three to four pounds over the course of the hike, which I now know is a significant amount of weight, but I'm glad that I didn't have to shave like 10 or 20 pounds. Um, so that was good. Uh, also trying to mentally focus as just a resupply to a resupply. Like you don't need to worry about what's happening in New Hampshire, really, when you're in Tennessee. Um, just focusing on where am I getting food next and where am I getting food after I get food there and just kind of keeping it there and just focusing on the areas you can control or, um, basically only focusing on as far out as you can tell what the weather is going to be. Like you don't need to worry that far ahead. You just need to worry about what's in front of you. Uh, and advice I'm glad I ignored. Um, thankfully I didn't get a lot of bad advice I felt, but I mean, the common ones are like, I'm glad I didn't take bear spray. I'm glad I didn't take a gun. Um, I'm glad I didn't switch over to boots for Pennsylvania or New Hampshire, but that's all anecdotal evidence because that stuff all worked for me. You'll decide anyone listening, what's good for you. Um, but, but the one I am glad is what I call all the have tos, which is everyone being like, you have to do that. You have to get food here. You have to take this side. You have to camp at the, you have, it's like everyone who says that means well. And what they're really saying is I really had a good experience here. You, you will too. I think you will too. But Basically, every spot on the trail is someone's favorite spot, and every little spur trail to a thing is someone's favorite spur trail to a thing, and everyone, every restaurant is someone's favorite restaurant. So, like, you can't do everything that everyone says you have to do because there's just not enough time if you want to do it, like, efficiently. And also, it's fun to just discover and explore things for yourself. So, like, I always took them in minus recommendations, but a lot of people think their opinion is the gospel truth out there, and you just have to realize that it's a suggestion and not actually mandatory. I know you really hope to use this podcasting opportunity to give back, so thinking of other people that would have been in your shoes who set out to do this hike with really no hiking experience, what's some advice that you can give to someone in that situation? Oh man, advice for people like me who really are set on doing the trail but don't have any um prior hiking or sorry, sorry, prior backpacking or camping experience. Um test your gear, get really familiar with your gear cuz that's what's keeping you out of the elements and keeping you comfortable and keeping you safe. So if you know your gear, then it's just a matter of training your body. Um and that's pretty easy if you just um take it nice and slow um at the beginning until your uh, body's ready. Um, I think a lot of people think the trail is this beautiful, magical vacation. Um, it kind of is in the sense that you're not working a job, but it is hard. It is challenging. I don't think I've met a single person where who didn't talk about at least one point on the trail that the trail kind of 
broke them down a bit. Um, if that didn't happen, kudos to you. Like you're a tough person, but you have to plan for the fact that it's going to stink. And what are you going to do when you don't want to be out there? So like, um, uh, Zach Davis's, um, book, Appalachian Trials, the comment about like writing down why you want to go on the hike, um, before you leave, man, I was like, ah, this seems, I'll just do it. Cause I don't have anything else to do. I, like I was, I was, I wasn't convinced about it, but I did it anyway. And let me tell you, having that list on my low points where I was like, wow, this is why I set out on this. And like, if I can't push forward for me right now in the present, I'm going to push for the me that exists in the past, who believes that I can do this, who wants to do it, who sacrificed like a lot of time and money and like career momentum to come do it. So just having that little bit of like where you came from and what your hopes are, um, can be really motivating when you can't think of a reason to keep going on with your hike. Um, or when you're like, I really just don't want to get up and do the miles today. So I'd say that, um, so to that point also, I did a lot of researching into why people quit as best I could. Um, I think the four big ones are still injury, family emergency, back home, um, running out of money, and uh, just deciding you don't want to continue anymore, just not having f enough fun compared to um, what you thought it would be. So I think it's appropriate to set expectations because if you set them as closely as you can to what's going to happen, you won't feel let down when you realize, oh, sometimes I just hike through a green tunnel of trees um, for days on end. And that brings my last point is try and find the beauty in the low points. Um, Pennsylvania, famously rocky, famously hard on your feet. A lot of great trail angels in Pennsylvania. Like there's a lot of just like dedicated year in year out trail angels there. Um, or when it's rainy, just like, just remember what you could be doing in terms of like why you left the trail. Um, and enjoy the beauty of like, you're in a mountain in the rain or, you know, um, sure. Uh, it's really dry out or you know, you're in a drought, but like the, the sense of accomplishment of moving from, you know, 10 miles from a water source, uh, to get to the next water source. Um, I'm not saying it means that those things don't stink and those things aren't bad, but if you can just try and find a silver lining, and try and spin it so that you can see the beauty of the challenge you're taking on, it makes it easier. Because, yeah, it sucks sometimes. It really just stinks. But if you're going to do it, you have to convince yourself that you're going to do it. So you have to be able to find the beauty and the joy in what could otherwise be the misery. Um, yeah. Oh, and the last bit of advice, which is just me like trying to just put my own philosophy out here appreciate the trail itself. Um, I, I talk to the trail like every morning I'd say like, hello trail, you know, how you doing? You know, hope you're, uh, you know, hope you can, you know, help me to out today. Like I personified the trail and try to treat it like a friend. I know a lot of people, or should say some people who try and think of it as something to accomplish or like, 
you know, screw you, you couldn't beat me down, you couldn't break me, or like Pennsylvania, you know, I don't, uh, we beat you, good grins, may never see you again, or it's like, I think every section of the trail has something to teach, even if it's not necessarily a lesson you were eager to learn, so I would just say, mentally, treat the trail with respect, like a person, like a colleague, um, and that makes it easier because then it's someone that you need and can rely on and can help you out a bit. And it's not just this stubborn thing that's trying to stop you because it's just the trail. It's just it's just a path. It doesn't want to hurt you. It's just woods. But if you can make it feel like something that wants to support you, that can help you too. Or at least it helped me. So now for the philosophy. What are you taking away from the trail? And what are you leaving on the trail? I think I'm taking away from the trail uh, some flexibility in how I plan things or when things don't go the way I expect them to. I know that that does not mean the end of the world. I'm taking away a lot of great connections from um, friends I met hiking the trail, the trail angels supporting... um, people back home who heard about my story and have reached out to me, uh, and a lot of family members that, um, were supporting me or, uh, helped me, you know, directly or indirectly on the trail, whether it was, you know, sending me money so I can buy a burger or, you know, putting me up in their house for the night. Um, those connections and also just for myself, a sense of pride that I actually stuck this thing out and did it and respect for all of the hard work it takes to do it. Um, and that it takes to maintain the trail. Everyone who's out there, like whenever you go through a beautiful section where the trail is so immaculate and maintained, you're like, wow, this takes hours to keep it this way. And then we all just hike through it. And just by virtue of walking through, we destroy this. And then someone comes out and cleans it up again. Just, absolutely massive kudos to that. Um, and to that respect, just a lot of gratitude for everything, for everyone. Um, it, it was, I could not have done this without the support of probably hundreds of people in my life before trail on trail. And then after the trail, um, yeah, just a lot of kudos to everyone who thought I was worth investing time and energy and food into because I really appreciate it. And I think I'm leaving behind a lot of doubts about what I can accomplish. Um, some blood. That's just a literal thing like that. My blood is on the trail a lot. It was not intentional, but I, I, I know that my blood's on Katahdin somewhere because uh, I cut my knee somewhere. Anyway, um, and I'll, the big thing I'm leaving behind is the itch that I need to hike the Appalachian Trail because now I can kind of rest knowing I did it. It's not in the back of my mind wondering, when am I going to do it? I already did it. We're good. Do you think you'll do another long hike? Another through hike? Yeah, so I'm not sure if I do another long hike. There's definitely not one immediately on my radar. I want to spend a lot of time back home uh, catching up with friends and families and like helping Abby... Um, as she goes back to college and that kind of thing. Um, I think if there were to be one, it'd be the Ice Age Trail. I'm really, really interested in doing a winter through hike of the trail. I don't know why, but I also didn't know why I wanted to do the Appalachian Trail. 
by. So that's that's the next itch I can tell it's going to be building up is a winter through hike of the Ice Age Trail. That's all the questions I have because that's all the time I have. So again, hats off to you, man. I love you. Uh, anything you want to say to the people before you sign off for the last time? Hey, thanks. Thanks past me. I uh, appreciate you taking the time to uh, ask me these questions. And I just, I wish I could go back there to you anxiously pacing in uh, our parents' basement, just give you a hug and let you know it's going to be tough, but it's going to be all right. So thank you to that. Thank you for that. Um, I mean, obviously the last thing I want to say is just thank yous to everyone, to uh, the the Trek team that's uh, helps run this, Zach and Kendra, and uh, especially Moron, our producer and editor. Um, I, I really appreciate being a part of it. So thank you all for trusting me to uh, contribute to this and then helping me with that. Um, the other correspondence, I really enjoyed getting to hear all of your stories. I loved listening to the podcast when I was on the trail and getting to, you know, in real time, listen to what you were experiencing and how you were overcoming it or, you know, finding other fun things or just sharing your stories. Um, it was really motivating knowing that I was in a group of such talented and creative people as you. Um, so I'm glad I got to be a part and, uh, get to meet all of you, even if it was virtually. Um, thank you to everyone who listened to this. Um, I, I hope that you take away some of the magic of the trail, maybe some inspiration to do, uh, the trail or something that you've been meaning to do, but you're not quite sure if you can do it. I hope you're inspired to go just at least attempt and at least try and grab what you want from this life for yourself. And again, one last thank you to everyone who hiked me in any capacity, any amount for one minute or an hour or a month or half the trail or the whole trail. If you were part of my experience, know that I do think of you, know that I do appreciate you and that your impact mattered for me to be able to accomplish this thing. So with that, I'll say thank you. I'll take a bow. Um, since I'm pretty sure this is the last episode, I will say if you want to follow me somewhere else, I am on Instagram at hopefully it's David, uh, where I post photos about hiking. Um, but if this is the last I see from you, thank you for taking the time to listen to this. I hope you have a great day and I hope that you go just chase that adventure that's out there. This is Good Soup signing off. Bye. Derek and we're reaching out to future Derek. I'm sure you have a trail name by now but we're about seven weeks out from your departure to start the Appalachian Trail and inquiring minds are going to want to hear the answers to the following questions. Number one, how have you changed as a person and do you have any new outlooks on life, love, and nature? I guess immediately coming back from trail I came back uh, looking pretty frail. Uh, I had lost 45 pounds and uh, was about 5% body fat when I got back. Um, 
down, uh, you know, 45 pounds from when I started and maybe 25 from, from my base weight. I'm basically back to my base weight at this point in time. Um, but as far as new outlooks on life, love, and nature, uh, new outlooks on life, I've just had a new appreciation for um, the people and the relationships, uh, both developed on trail and, and, and those at home. Um, you know, you can go out and, and, and hike in beautiful places, um, but it was really the the relationships that I developed with uh, people I met on trail that that made it important and special to me. So um, then that's kind of really what what life is all about is is the people that you share it with. Um, so I've had a new appreciation for that since appreciation for that since getting back. Um, as far as love, uh, still in uh, relationship with my girlfriend Kristen. Um, it's been a little bit of an adjustment for for both of us. Uh, We've both been kind of on our own little solo journey for the last five and a half months and meshing our lives back together um, uh, has been a challenge, but uh, I think we're both better off for it, having gone through that challenge, and um, it's going to serve us in the future well. And then lastly, outlooks on nature. Um, Mother Nature is you know just as beautiful as she's always been, and... Uh, my appreciation is, is, is just as high and held in high regard as, as it was before I went on the trail and when I was on the trail and, and now when I'm back home as well. What were your biggest fears and concerns heading into the trail? And how did those pan out over the course of your through hike? My biggest fear on trail was snakes and I definitely ran into a bunch of those on trail. Uh, every single route and stick on trail looks like it could be a snake, so you kind of get desensitized to that. Uh, and then your actual snakes just kind of seem to sneak up on you and scare the bejesus out of you. So I'm not sure I ever really got over that fear. As far as concerns, uh, my concern for failing and not completing the trail, uh, I didn't really think about it all that much and wasn't really at the top of my mind which is for the best and probably contributed to me having a successful summit in September. What were your biggest physical limitations on the trail or injuries or aches or pains? And what things did you learn most about your mind and body on the trail? And at any point, did you ever consider quitting? Going into the trail, my concerns for physical limitations were my right Achilles that had been bothering me uh, leading up into leaving for trail and um, any potential knee pain. Uh, it did have, I guess, some minor issues with that, but um, you're going to have little aches and pains while you're on trail, and they didn't really contribute significantly um, to my experience. I've found the body kind of adapts, um, and you're capable of so much more than we think we are. Uh, and capable of really whatever you put your mind to. So um, it, it was odd in that I, if I had an ache and pain one day um, in one part of my body, the, the next day it would kind of migrate somewhere else. So there was I was fortunate in that I didn't have any you know lingering pains in, in the same specific area that that drastically affected any my hike at all. And at no point did I seriously consider quitting. There was a time in New Hampshire where a buddy of mine from med school had hosted myself and another hiker at their house, and the, the hospitality was so amazing. We got to sleep in an actual bed, and they made us breakfast and dinner, and we took a zero day with them, and it was just, 
getting back on trail after that just did not sound appealing, but that's about as close as I got to quitting. Okay, random questions, rapid fire. How many bodies of water did you jump in? How many animal selfies did you take? And how many times did you cry? Answers back at your rapid fire. I jumped in 17 bodies of water. I took nine animal selfies and I cried probably six times, give or take. Last time we checked, you were a learned doctor. How many times on the trail did you have to apply your medical knowledge for treatments of yourself or other people? My doctoring on trail, for the most part, was limited to myself, but I did have a med kit that came in handy. Uh, I gave out some doxycycline for tick prophylaxis for anyone that got bit by a tick or just if they wanted some, some pills just in case they got bit by a tick in the future. Um, I had loperamide for diarrhea that I gave out. Uh, I had some Tums in case people had upset stomachs. Um, and I had some triple antibiotic ointment that came in handy on a couple instances. Once for myself for um, some chafage uh, when it had rained. And lastly, when our friend Highlight had got a second degree burn after she spilled some boiling water on her leg. Uh, gave her some triple antibiotic ointment. Uh, helped her uh, wrap up the wound and advised her to you know get off trail and and not hike for a little while while that healed um, but that was the extent of any doctoring that i had to do on trail if a career in medicine doesn't pan out for you when you get back from katahdin did you manage to write any good jokes for a comedy routine and do you have enough for a 30-minute set sadly no jokes were created on trail i was a little too busy writing daily blogs um, but i did come up with one punchline. Um, I was at trail days and we passed by a ginger and I made a comment to one of my friends that this guy had his ginger dialed all the way up to a hundred and <laughs> there's no setup for that joke yet. Uh, but I feel like it might have some promise. What was your favorite state and least favorite state? My favorite state was Maine. I just felt like it was a perfect way to end the trail. Um, just walking into fall, basically, and Maine just had everything. Um, it was just a beautiful state and great place to end. Uh, my least favorite state was Maryland, and that was because I had attempted and failed uh, the four-state challenge there, and I only spent two days in Maryland, but it was a, just a miserable two days. So nothing against Maryland. I just personally was just not having a good time. What was the one dietary staple you just couldn't do without? My dietary staples that I could not go without on trail were Lifesavers gummies. And I wish I'd discovered them earlier on trail. Um, the other thing that became a staple on trail were blocks of Vermont cheese, which unfortunately I didn't discover until I got up into the Northeast, but quickly became a regular part of the rotation in my food bag. You're a big financial nerd. What was the total cost of your through hike? And how much money did you make selling covered call options? The breakdown of my expenditures are as follows. I spent about $2,600 on gear, about $3,500 on food, uh, $845 on travel and Ubers and shuttles, and about $1,800 on lodging, and for a final cost of $8,800 for the whole trip. And as far as covered call stock options go, I was able to make 
about $3,400, which was able to help fund part of my trip as well. What was your favorite trail challenge that you attempted and failed? And what was your favorite challenge that you completed? My favorite challenge on trail was my marathon day into Damascus. We did 26.2 miles. Uh, it was my first marathon day. Um, and just, you know, coming into Damascus again for the second time after trail days, uh, was just a really rewarding experience. Uh, my least favorite challenge, um, I guess maybe all the ones that I failed, <laughs> the, the half gallon challenge, I definitely felt a little sick after that and did not complete it. Um, also, uh, my failed marathon week, which ended up being, you know, t- about an average of 23 miles instead of the intended 26.2. And in the middle of that, my failed four-state challenge experience um, was, uh, again, not, not pleasant. What were the emotional highs and lows for you while hiking? My emotional highs on trail uh, was probably walking through the 100-mile wilderness, as well as um, hiking through Virginia, North Carolina with my original tramley with the uh, Rabbit, Hatcher, Stanley, and and, and Sip and Soda. It was just a a, a great group of guys and that I had a lot of fun with. Uh, As far as emotional lows on trail, um, I guess going back to the marathon week, just I... (laughs) It was a tough week. I was trying to catch up with Rabbit. I had taken about a week off trail before that to visit with my girlfriend and trying to play catch up, uh, doing big miles every day. My feet were wrecked and in, in new shoes on top of that that weren't fully broken in. So it was just a, a, a tough week and, and not an enjoyable experience. If you had the chance to go back and change something about your through hike, what would it be and how would you go about doing things differently? I would have gone back and started with better gear uh, to begin with. Uh, I tried to cheap out and get a cheap Amazon 10 and a cheap Amazon uh, sleeping pad, and both of those had to be replaced. Uh, not because they failed. Well, the, the sleeping pad definitely failed. Um, <laughs> but uh, the tent was just too heavy, and I ended up switching to a, a much lighter um, Nemo Hornet tent. And the, the sleeping pad just needed to be replaced. It got a leak, and I couldn't patch it. And so uh, I switched that out. So I just wish I would have spent, you know, the money up front on, on high-quality gear that had a good, you know, reputable brand and good warranty policy. Now that you're back in the real world, what are the one, two, and five-year goals you have planned? I'd say my one-year goal is to finish the uh, half-completed chicken coop that I started and left uh, in a state of disarray uh, when I left trail. Uh, So if I could finish that this year, that'd be great, as well as a number of other house projects I have going on. Uh, As far as two-year goals, um, I'd like to open up a concierge medicine practice uh, here in San Antonio. And for five years, I'm hoping by the end of five years, you know, um, I'm married and and Chris and I have a a couple kids um, and just, you know, living life. So that's uh, my five-year goal. Are there any final nuggets of wisdom you'd like to leave the listeners? Uh, Nuggets of wisdom to leave you guys? Um, You know, just hike your own hike. Uh, (laughs) um, You know, we're capable of so much and, and you can do, you know, whatever you put your mind to. So just stay positive out there and um thanks for listening to me rant and ramble and uh for the last time this is witch doctor over and out
Thanks so much for listening to this series, and thanks to all those who contributed. It goes without saying that this is a collaborative effort of all involved, from the correspondents themselves to you, the listener. This has been a presentation by The Trek, and I am your humble host, Moron. See you down the way. Happy trails, y'all. Thank you.